I want to deal with the subject today, why pray when you don't feel like it? Are you like me? There are times, in fact, more times than I care to admit, I literally don't feel like praying. There's an old spiritual. It goes like this. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I'll pray. Yes, when that happens, it's easy to pray. The Apostle Paul said, and these are among his very last words to Timothy in the last book he wrote, last epistle to Timothy, chapter 4. Paul says, be instant, in season, out of season. What does he mean by that? Well, in season, that's when you feel the presence of God, the Spirit of God moving in your heart. And it's easy to pray then. Uh, it's enjoyable. You want to pray. But Paul says be instant in season, out of season. There are times when you just don't feel like praying. And if we're all honest, we have a lot of times like that. And what I do is to, I do my best to keep up a certain schedule, uh, that is to say, a discipline every day, and so that I don't go by how I feel, I just do it. Uh, do you pray about whether to brush your teeth? Do you pray about what you're going to uh, do this or that, which is your duty? Well, you just do certain things. And I feel that way about prayer. We must just Keep doing it even when we don't feel like it. That's why in Luke 18, a scripture that I've dealt with before, Jesus told us not to give up. Just keep on praying. Even if you don't get your prayer answered, you just keep on praying. Well, I want to read a different passage. This is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. And we read, A woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Well, Martha was distracted and with much serving. And she went up to Jesus and said, Lord, uh, do you not care that my sister there has left me to do all the work alone? Uh, tell her to help me. Well, the Lord answered, this is Jesus' word. You would, have, you would have thought maybe he would go to Mary and say, Mary, really, you should help your sister. But here's what Jesus said. He looked at Martha and said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious. Some versions say troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken from her. In other words, Jesus affirmed what Mary was doing. Instead of taking sides with Martha and then saying to Mary, you ought to help your sister prepare this meal. Uh, no, the other way around and let Martha know that what Mary did, just spending time with Jesus. I think of a verse in Psalm 84. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents of wicked. Uh, that was the psalmist's way of saying just to be on the very premises of God, where the temple is, where the tabernacle was, uh, where people come to worship God, because you put those things first. Well, I can tell you, praying is never wasted time. So why pray when you don't feel like it? 
Well, I remember Jesus' words to Martha. It lets me know that he affirms those who just want to spend time with him. And when you're praying, you're talking to Jesus. You're talking to God in Jesus' name. Now, I want to share with you what I do when I pray every day. There are three scriptures that come to my mind when I begin my own prayer time. Uh, one, perhaps you've heard me say this before. The first thing I ask for when I pray, the very first thing, mercy. That's the first thing. You say, well, RT, surely you do that when you first come to Christ and you pray, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's true. But whoever told you that we outgrow that as if we reach the place that we don't need mercy anymore. And the writer of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, here's the way he put it. We come boldly or with confidence to the throne of grace to ask for mercy. Listen, this is to Christians. It's also to discouraged Christians. And I would say, are you discouraged? Are you sad? Are you feeling lonely? Are you feeling left out? Are you feeling you're a nobody? Well, be careful. Self-pity doesn't get us anywhere. And it's all the more reason we need to be aware that we never outgrow asking for mercy. In other words, you don't reach the place that you become so holy, so godly, so spiritual that you don't need to ask for mercy because you're good. Beware of this. The Pharisee said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, other people. And then there was this publican who said, God, be merciful to be a sinner. And I want you to know, as Christians, even if you've been a Christian for 10 years, 20 years, in my case, over 60 years, you just don't outgrow asking for mercy. Maybe, I don't know for sure, could this be one of the reasons you're not getting your prayers answered, that you just rush into the presence of God and, and you somehow think you're entitled to something, that God owes you something. And when you are especially sad that he's just going to uh, say something that's going to make you feel better. Now, he can do that. And I know what it is to have him do that with me. But I know equally that I honor him when I refuse to give in to my self-pity and the feeling of, a, of entitlement. And I just ask for mercy. You see, when you ask for mercy, that means you've got no bargaining power. You're not making any kind of a deal with God. You say, Lord, if you do this, I'll do that. No, it's when you know you've got nothing and you're just begging him to show pity on you. That's right. You say, well, I would never ask God for pity. You must. We all need mercy. Well, in any case, I can tell you, this is what I do. There's a second verse I think of. It's 1 John 4, 16. It says, believe the love that God has for us. In other words, I believe it. I know that I am loved. God said so. And there are times when I don't feel that. I don't feel it at all. But I believe the scripture. 1 John 4, 16, that's that little epistle toward the end of the Bible, 1 John chapter 4, where 
John says, we believe the love. I know it pleases God when I believe his word. And when I know he loves me and I affirm this, I believe it. And that makes me feel better. I'm aware this is so true. God cares more about me than I care about myself. This is a fact. This is a truth. You can write all this. It is so true. And when you believe the love, you're already beginning to feel better. So when you don't feel like praying, you just ask Him for mercy that you'll find grace to help. Secondly, you believe the love that He has for us. And God likes that. But then there's another verse. It's Psalm 16, verse 8. This is where David said, I have set the Lord before me, and because he is at my right hand, I will never be moved. I want you to think about these words. David says, I have set the Lord before me. What does he mean? You've set him before you? I can tell you. There comes a time when we need to take God seriously, when we know he is at our right hand. That's what David said, because he is at my right hand. So when you set the Lord before you, you're not making it up or you're not making something happen. That doesn't mean that Jesus now gets there, no, because he is there. It's because he is there. And what I do, this is something I do. I hope that maybe God will use this. You think about it. Realize that Jesus is right there. He is at your right hand. And you can talk to him knowing this. And when you realize that we're coming to the God of the Bible, our creator, sometimes when I think of how big God is, how big he is, and I think he gives me attention as if there's no one else. This is one of the mysteries of prayer, how God can give us attention as though there was no one else, even though there are billions speaking to him at the same time. When you just set the Lord before you and you just start talking to him, knowing he is right there, it's a wonderful thing. All right, why pray when you don't feel like it? I suggest these things to you and you will somehow begin to feel more like prayer. I've been thinking of a verse that I remember years ago, I was on a plane and my Bible reading for that day uh, led me to Exodus chapter 33. And in verse 13, it's Moses speaking when God had just affirmed Moses and let Moses know that God was pleased with him. And it was as though God said to Moses, what would you like for me to do? Here is what Moses said. He said, Lord, if you are pleased with me, then, and Moses puts his request. Could I ask you a question? Do you know what it was that Moses asked for? Well, I'm ashamed to say I didn't. I have read that passage many, many, many times. And that day I saw something that I've never seen before. That's the wonderful thing about the Bible. You can read it a thousand times and read it one more time and you see something as if it didn't exist. Well, that's what happened to me. And then when I saw what it was, 
that Moses asked for, I felt so ashamed. I felt so ashamed. I thought, if God came to me and said, what would you like? Because I'm pleased with you. I could think of things I would ask for. And I'm sorry to tell you that I did not ask for the thing Moses asked for. Moses said, Lord, if you are pleased with me, show me your ways. Think about that. What Moses wanted was to get to know God better and to know more of God's ways. You see, God wants us to know his ways. He does. He wants us to know. You can read in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 10, where God said of ancient Israel, they have not known my ways. It's as, almost as though you can hear the tear in God's voice. He wants his people to know his ways. He says, my own people, they don't know my ways. And you see, God wants you to know his ways. Well, here's the thing. When you stay with praying, even when you don't feel like it, don't wait for the Spirit to move you. When that happens, admittedly, it's a good feeling. And I have those times, but I wish I could say they happen every day. They certainly don't. Most of the time, this may surprise you, most of the time when I pray, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. But I know it's right. I know it's good. And I know this. In heaven, I will be thankful for every minute that I had time to give to God. Because when I'm spending time with Him, I am getting to know His ways. Well, you may ask, what are His ways? Well, uh, for one thing, you can find out, and God will let this happen, how real God is. Again, this doesn't happen to me every day, but if it would just happen ever so often, I am so thankful I am so thankful it's worth waiting for because God knows just when I need this. He's never too late. He's never too early. He's always just on time. And he has a way of letting you know how real he is. And those moments are so precious. I've found myself at times saying, God, thank you. Thank you for being like this. After today, I'll never doubt you again. <laughs> That's the way I feel. Doesn't mean I didn't doubt him later, but he can be that real. You don't always know when it will be a time like that. And you see, Martha was very busy getting supper ready. Mary just wanted to be with Jesus. And she is the one that is affirmed. And I can tell you, when you take time to pray, even though you think, I ought to be doing this, I ought to be doing that. I'll never forget, many years ago, I was at the Baptist Church in Moscow, Russia. And uh, the pastor of that church made an interesting observation. He said, the difference between you Americans and we here in Russia, we're more like Mary, you're more like Martha. He said, here we just want to be at the feet of Jesus and we want 
his teaching, that you Americans are always doing things and busy and trying to build this and get organized. And I had to think, you know, I believe he's right. In fact, some years ago, a Chinese pastor was given a tour of churches in America. And uh, at the end of the tour, they asked the Chinese pastor, well, tell us, uh, what is your opinion of American churches? His reply, I am amazed at how much you accomplish without God. Mm. Well, I'm afraid so many of us in America are like that, busy, busy doing things. There comes a time when God, who likes our company, just wants us to be in his presence. Mary had chosen the right thing. And if there are times when you feel guilty that you're wanting to spend time in prayer, because I know sometimes people can feel like that. I know what it is. I think I ought to be doing something. I ought to be getting something done. And then I remember Jesus said, Martha, you're just troubled about many things. Your sister Mary has chosen the right part. Let me put this to you. Which gives you more satisfaction? When God is pleasing you or when you are pleasing God? Well, I think the honest answer is when he's pleasing us. And that's the time when in season, when the Holy Spirit comes down, things are going right. You've sensed answers to prayer. You've felt His presence and you just feel good. And it's easy to pray. And we like it. That's what God is pleasing us. But I would put to you, we have a chance to please God if we pray when we don't feel like it. You don't feel anything. You feel nothing. In fact, it's as though God is hiding his face from you. Uh, the psalmist would say, Lord, why do you hide your face from me? Why do you? But I think I could make the case that God doesn't really hide his face from us. I think it's true. He doesn't, but it seems like he does. And he knows when we feel that way. And it could be that he has caused us to feel that way, to see what we're like. There's a verse that refers to Hezekiah. The Lord left him to test him, to see what was in his heart. Is it possible that God is testing you right now? He's testing you in these difficult, difficult times to see what is in your heart. And this is the time when you would be glad to think that you are determined to spend time with him and you are waiting before him and you're getting to know his ways. And when you get to know his ways, you feel so honored and complimented that he would let you. Let me remind you, the way you get to know anybody's ways is you spend time with them. And you esteem the value of a person by how much time you give them. And when we take the time just to spend time with God, to get to know His ways, 
it pleases him. We're told in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, he that comes to God must believe that he is, that means that, that he exists, you've got to believe that. And you, for that reason, you set the Lord before you. And you know he's there, he says so, and you take him at his word. And when you know he's right there, you can just talk to him. Yes, knowing it's a no-joke thing. He is listening, taking in every word. I cannot think of anything more comforting than this knowledge. And you get to know his ways. And you find how tender and loving he is. You know, while we're in this crisis, I think again of that word. God said to Joshua, knowing that Joshua was leading the children of Israel into the land of Canaan. And to me, some of the most tender words when God said to Joshua, you have never been this way before. And that's where we are at this moment in world history. We are going through this crisis, COVID-19, the coronavirus crisis. And who knows whether anything will be like it used to be. I kind of think that the new normal is that nothing will ever be normal again. And it's a chance to show and prove and demonstrate that in a crisis like this, we trust God. This pleases him because the writer of the Hebrews said, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that earnestly, diligently seek him. I can tell you, God is not mocked. He that sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And when he sees that you are in a time when you don't feel like praying and you're discouraged, you're sad, maybe you've been betrayed, maybe your best friend has, has disappointed you, great disappointment has just come, and you feel God has let you down. And if you could, if possible, be like Job in the height of his trial, could say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I can tell you, if you don't give up, you keep on praying even when you don't feel like it, you keep to a schedule. Don't give up because you would do other things that you need to do in life, God is more important than anything else. Take the time. Be like Mary. Sit at the feet of Jesus. Spend time with him. And he will affirm you and he will honor you. I'll tell you another thing. In Hebrews chapter 11, I've just quoted from verse 6, the rest of that chapter describes great men and women in the Old Testament. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, Enoch, Sarah. They were women as well. And they were able to do things that 
no one had ever done before because what they did, they did it by faith. Faith revealed just what they were like. And faith is what they exercised. And God wants you to do that. I used to say years ago when I was at Westminster, I used to say, why can't all of us be like those in Hebrews chapter 11? These great people, Moses, David, Samuel, Jephthah, you know, well, no, these were unusual. They were not. They were not. They were ordinary, ordinary people. David, God would remind him that he was chosen from the sheep pens. He was a nobody, and God, God turned him into somebody, all because he put God first. And David is the one who said, I set the Lord always before me. This is what I do. So I'm telling you what I do, and I'm suggesting that you might try it. First, ask God for mercy. That's where you begin. Believe the love he has for you. Just say, I believe it because God said it. And third, set him before you because he is at your right hand. He's there even if you don't believe it. But if you believe it and you affirm it, something begins to happen and you begin to sense that he really is there. You feel his presence. And I can tell you, when God shows up like that, and he will, he's no respecter of persons. I guarantee you, I put my integrity on the line. I put my ministry on the line. I tell you that if you will seek the Lord with all your heart, even when you don't feel like it, when you are so discouraged and distraught over this loss or this disappointment, and nothing is right and nothing is normal again, but be like those in Hebrews chapter 11. Do you know one thing that they all had in common? Not a single one of them got to do what had been done before. You see, if they could repeat what others had done, they would think, well, I've been good company. I'm doing the right thing. Listen, every one of them had to do something different. And God may require you to do something that there's no precedent for. What we're going through right now, we're all in it together. There's no precedent for this that I know of. It's our chance to show we believe God. Learn to get your satisfaction, not by when God is pleasing you, but when you are pleasing Him. And I will just add one thing before I close. God knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He knows how much we can bear. He won't hide his face or let us feel that he's hiding his face forever and ever. No, he will show up, I guarantee it, in a way that one day you find out, oh, today God is pleasing me and it was worth waiting for. For this God will show up. He's never too late. He's never too early. He's always just on time. God bless you. Until next time.